Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message. preaching out of Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12, a blessed life. How many is going to have a blessed life? How many is feel blessed this morning? How many is understand, and we're going to go into this a lot today, uh, that, you know, blessed, being blessed by God is different than a lot of people think. A lot of people think if I have a lot of money in my bank account, I am blessed. A lot of people think if I uh, have a good social status, I am blessed. A lot of people think if I have a lot of likes on my social media account that I am blessed. But today we're going to talk about what it really means to be blessed. And Jesus had a lot to say about blessing other people and being a blessing. And today we're going to talk out of uh, Preach For You A While on the title, The Blessed Life, out of Matthew. If you'll stand with us for the reading of this word of the word this morning. We're going to ask God, the Lord to bless us as we read the scripture together. The blessed life of Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Let's read this together. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to anoint us and bless us for the preaching and teaching of his word. Father, we love you and we honor you and we thank you for your word today. We ask you, God, to anoint us and give us freedom in our minds and our hearts and our spirits today to preach and deliver this word under the anointing and the authority and the agreements of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we believe today that your Holy Spirit has something to say through your word to change us, to challenge us, and to encourage us and Lord, we thank you again for this opportunity to be here with your people. In Jesus' name, and all the church said amen, amen. and amen. Amen. Blessed has a uh, different meaning. Uh, the blessed meaning means to have special mercy, favor, or benefits. Um, a gift, Webster says, is a gift or reference. And Webster says, it's a gift bestowed or given by God that brings happiness. Everybody in our world is searching for something called what? 
happiness. And inside of each one of us is a void when we're born into this world that only God can fill. Let's say that again. Every human being that's born into this world is has a void in there that only the Lord can fill. And to be blessed ultimately is to know Jesus. Uh, when we say, we think of the, the reference of being blessed, we think of it's an act of God's favor on another. How many has ever talked to somebody and then you ask them, how are you doing today? And they say, I'm blessed. That's very popular, especially in society today, in Christian America, I'm blessed. But when we say I'm blessed, it has many, very different meanings to different people. Jesus had a lot to say about being blessed. We use phrases like, come on, y'all do this, we're in the South. Bless her heart. Yeah. I've heard a lot of you parents say this, bless it. You know, if a kid stubs their toe or gets an uh-oh or a boo-boo or whatever they get, bless its heart. You know, we say things like that. Um, we talk, we, we, we use things like, God bless you, somebody sneezes. What do we say? Bless you. So in, in our mindset, blessing somebody else are, is really referred to as what? Helping somebody, right? If we want to bless somebody, we want to help somebody. We want them to uh, to have the favor of God and have health and have life and have strength. So today we're going to talk about what Jesus said out of what is known in Matthew chapter 5 as what we call, as Christians in the Word call it, the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes. And we're going to talk for a little while about what it really means to be blessed. But God's reference to blessed and our reference to blessed can be quite different a lot of times. Being blessed means we have been included in something extraordinary. Amen? Y'all gonna help me today? Yeah. Being blessed means we are a part of something, Miss Mary Ann, that is supernatural. Right. We serve a God. How many of us can see God? Nobody can see God. We know he's there, but we can't see God. Yeah. I, I, I see God a lot of times. When I see somebody helping somebody else, yeah. And being the hands and feet of Christ, I see God shining through people. Amen. Everybody agree on that. Right. We can see the love of God working through people, but no one, exception of Moses, has actually seen God. Right. We're going to talk about that today. Moses was able to see the backside of God. God allowed Moses to see him because he had a relationship with God. The Bible says that God loved Moses so much that he talked to him like men talking to men. Yeah. So God had a relationship with him. How many of us believe that Moses was blessed? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. But he went through some difficult times in his life. Being blessed by God is something unique. You can be a secular person and talk about being blessed. But when you know the author and finisher of our faith, who is Jesus Christ, you are a part of something extraordinary and something supernatural and something unique, which is blessed by the Spirit of God. Yes. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what a, we go through difficult times in this life. Jesus talked about that. Jesus starts in verse 3. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what was he talking about? Was he talking about somebody being Miss Marianne poor uh, economically? 
or challenged. No, he was talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit does not refer to poverty. It refers to that of a relationship to God in the word and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, we in the church, we believe in our church in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Trinity. We believe they all work together as the Godhead to be what we know as the Trinity, right? right. That's what we believe in. We believe that one does not overrule the other, but one speaks of the other. Is what the Word of God tells us. So we believe in that. But we believe in the blessing of God through the Word, who is Jesus. Jesus was known as the what? The Word. Jesus is referred to in the Bible, Old and New Testament, as the Word. He was referred to as the Word. And the Holy Spirit that was given us or sent to the church after Jesus ascended and his earthly work was done and he ascended back to the Father, his Holy Spirit was sent to what? Lead us into all truth. So I'm going through some basics today, but we're going to go through something. Through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we receive something called, Brian, being blessed. And if I'm blessed as a follower of Jesus Christ, I am blessed with his love, his care, his salvation, his daily presence, and his power through the Holy Ghost. So being blessed is not that of finances or social status yes you can be blessed God don't let me say this God don't have a problem with people being blessed that way a lot of people think well bless God if you just live for Jesus you're going to be poor all your life no that's a lie of the enemy what that is yeah but I'm not what I am saying is this that God will bless his people but his blessings he is more concerned with our spiritual status than our economic status. Because our economic status is fastly fleeting and going to go away. It changes day by day, right? Our economic status could change this week. We could lose our job, God forbid, or something could happen. We're not able to work. Our economic status can change. But if you know Jesus, that does not change. So the blessings of the Lord, the Bible tells us, maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. That doesn't mean that we're absent of tough things and situations in our life. What it does mean is that the Spirit of God is there that seals us and keeps us and protects us. To be poor in spirit means we identify with the suffering of Christ. Without Jesus going to the cross, we would be, we would not have salvation. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There is no covering of sin. So as Christians, we are blessed when we identify with the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the propitiation that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. It means that we are not to be poor in spirit. David simply means that we are not spiritually significant enough or self-sufficient. We rely on the power of God. Amen? We can't rely on our strength. Every time we rely on our strength, that is called pride. Amen? Come on. Anybody ever deal with pride? I do. We need to have some confession. First thing this morning, everybody, I'm sure, in this room, at some point in your life, has dealt with pride. I can do it by myself. I can fix this. God, I don't need you. I got this. But I've learned that over the years, Brian, when I can do it by myself spiritually, I don't need God. That I have pride, and pride leads to destruction. 
And a haughty spirit before falls. So what Jesus was saying when we are poor in spirit is that we realize that we're insufficient spiritually as a spirit man to be able to handle the problems ourselves. We must go to God. So he said, you blessed are you are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We need the Holy Spirit for one thing more than just goosebumps on our arms. What is the Holy Spirit to the church today? Jesus in person does not literally exist in this building today. Hear what I'm saying. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The scripture tells us that. But there's someone that's in this room, even while I'm speaking, you say, well, pastor, how do you know the spirit of God is in this room? Because he dwells in my mind, in my heart, in my life. You brought him. You're a follower of Jesus. You have the spirit of God with you. But what we need more than anything else in order to be blessed in, in, and have our residence in heaven is to have sustaining grace of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Yeah. How about the Holy Spirit? It sustains us. Anybody ever been through some tough stuff? Anybody ever been through things that you can't explain? Some of it may be you're doing it. Somebody might, some of it may be by somebody else. But can I tell you today, the Holy Spirit will sustain you. Yeah. Yeah. Paul talked about being sustained by God. That's, I don't know how people that don't know Jesus make it because i got to have him. Yeah. I've got to have him every day. I talk to him just like I'm talking to you. I, I, I tell him all the things and all of my problems. You say, well, Pastor Rick, do you tell God everything you're thinking? Yeah, because he knows it all anyway. Amen. Before I was performed together in my mother's womb, he died for me and he, he loved me and he died for me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by the creator of the universe who's always been in church and always will be. So I have to submit myself to the person of Jesus Christ. I understand that I need him and to be poor in spirit means that my kingdom that I'm part of is the kingdom of heaven. Verse four says, blessed all are those who mourn for they will be comforted. We know God comforts us in times of loss and loved ones and tough things that we mourn over in our life. But Jesus is not really talking about mourning of a loved one or loss right now. A lot of people think, yeah, does God cover us? Does God keep us? Does God comfort us when we're mourning? Surely he does. But is that what Jesus is talking about here? No. He said, blessed are those that mourn for they will be comforted. It doesn't refer to the morning of losing a loved one. It refers to the morning of over our weaknesses. When we compare ourselves to the righteousness of God, Julie, when I compare my life, my life and my my godliness to who God is, I mourn over that I'm not that person. When I compare myself to the holiness of God, I am not that person. But I, as a follower of Jesus Christ, don't. Listen, somebody needs to hear this today. I don't concentrate on what I used to be. I concentrate and focus on what Jesus made me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's good preaching right there. If I did say it, I concentrate on what Jesus made me. I don't concentrate on the old man. I don't look back, Amanda, at what I used to be. I look at what I am now in Jesus Christ. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. My righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. But God, when he looks at me, David, and he sees all my sins, he don't see me. He sees me through the righteousness of his son, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Right. He sees me as who I am in Jesus. And a lot of times we as Christians, we get consumed with 
oh, I can fix this and I can do this and I can take care of all of this. And that's not, we're not mourning over the lack of what we have. We're celebrating ourselves. Come on. Yeah. And when I celebrate myself, now I want y'all to stay with me right here. Because somebody's going to say, well, Pastor X don't, is saying that we should not have any self cop I'm not saying that. I'm going somewhere. So y'all hang in here with me. But we mourn in our lack because in our weakness, Brian, he is made strong. When I realize my inadequacy and I mourn over the things that grieve God, do we mourn over things that grieve God anymore in the church? Do we mourn over sin? Do we mourn over a lost world? Do we mourn over a divided nation? Come on, do we do that? Do we mourn over when we see somebody broken and hurting? Do we mourn over that? You know, I said a few weeks ago, if all your prayers got answered that you prayed the last two weeks, would it change anybody else's life besides your own? Would it change anybody else's life besides your own? If you're not, you're selfish and you need to deal with the spirit of pride. Amen, that's good preaching. Would it change anybody else's life besides your own? So do I mourn over the things that God mourns over? Jesus mourned. Jesus wept. You know, Remember when Lazarus died and Jesus got there and his sisters were broken and they were distraught because they had lost their brother and Jesus was weeping with them. Yeah. He was mourning over loss. Jesus mourned in other ways. He was mourning over uh, the, the brokenness of the city of Jerusalem when he looked over the city and he saw how broken they were. So all of us go through something that's called being broken. Come on, everybody in this room has been there. Right. Everybody goes through situations and troubles in their life that causes us to be broken. Right. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Now bear with me. Do we mourn as Christians over sin, immorality, and cruelty being played out in the world today? Do we mourn over that? Because if we don't, we're not in the fellowship of believing that what God mourns over. Come on. Because it mourned God to see the world in the shape it's in. Come on. So we as the church, now this is something that stirred me as I've been studying this and reading. We as the church should be mourned over situations and lives and people that are strung out and addicted and broken. We should mourn over that. That means we maybe not can fix it, but we should mourn over that. And we should mourn over people that turn away from the church and go back into a life of sin. We should mourn over that because God mourns over that. And I know you said, well, Pastor, where's the good news? Just hold on a moment. We're going to get there. The good news is coming. We should mourn over that because what grieves God should grieve us. Come on. Now, we're living in a time today that a lot of people don't want to talk about. That's the reason the churches are not filled up this morning of something called the great falling away. Amen. I just remember, I'm 48 years old, but I remember when I was a teenager that everybody went to church. Everybody, y'all remember BBS? Everybody had BBS. Every church on every corner had a BBS. And I got saved every summer numerous times. I didn't quite understand this salvation thing that God could cover me and could keep me. But I got saved and I made the little puppy dogs and I made all kind of crafts, you know, and we would bring them home to mom. We would paint pictures and make, uh, what we used to do? We used to make the little animals and it was like out of uh, some kind of paste or something and forms and stuff and we would paint them, you know, and we would do that because we, they were thinking, we were thinking as kids, we're just going to, eat Kool-Aid and cookies and snacks and cake and play together and play games. 
But the whole the whole ministry behind it for the church was to be able to show kids Jesus yeah. and to love on their communities. So, but today things are not like that way. Today we're more technologically savvy than we've ever been before, yet we're more disconnected ever. Right. Come on. Yeah. So what Jesus was saying here, do we mourn over the things that break the heart of God? Because when I identify with Christ Jesus in his suffering, I understand that I have a broken world around me and I should mourn. I should ask God to help me do something about it. Right. And you saw the Pastor Rex, what do you do? You do things like we did last night. You pass out a wristband. You hand a, hand a bottle of water out. You go be the hands and feet of people that can't help themselves. You go do that. You do everything that you can do to reach them. But one thing that we do that a lot of people don't talk about it as Christians that we need to do when we mourn sin is we separate ourselves from it. Yeah. And the church that I grew up a part of, they used to call it this big word called sanctification. Yeah. Sanctification is literally separating ourselves from sin. So if I mourn something and don't want to be a part of something that God don't want me a part of and I agree with God, I separate myself from it. Now listen, I want everybody to understand this. That don't mean I'm not friends with people that don't live for Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is I don't participate in what they do. There is a standard of living. Do we fall short on that standard of living? Of course we do. That means that I am a follower of Jesus. I'm going to look different than the world. Come on, somebody say amen. Right, right. Ooh. My lifestyle, my habits, what I do is going to look different. Right. Because if I'm trying to sell somebody a bill of goods and say, you know, my, your life can be different and Jesus Christ can change your life and, and I'm trying to sell them that and I look just like they look, come on. Yeah. I'm not mourning over what grieves God. Jesus talked about it in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Jesus went over the city of Jerusalem and he wept over it. Yeah. He wept over Jerusalem because Jerusalem was broken. You know, we how many's ever mourned over something, a situation that you can't change? Come on. Right. Everybody's got a situation in their life you can't change. You're powerless to change them. Mm-hmm. We've all been powerless to change things. You know, have a loved one that's sick that needs healing. Are we powerless to change that? Not really. We can pray and ask God to heal, right? Amen. And he does that. But sometimes God chooses not to heal, David. But we're, we feel powerless at times. But in our brokenness and our weakness, we realize that we need God. We realize that we need the sovereign hand of a healing God. <clears throat> But Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So when I mourn with God over the things that he mourns with and over this world, I am agreeing and identifying with the God of heaven. When I agree and identify with the God of heaven, I am blessed. Yeah. And a lot of y'all gonna look at this a lot different today after you leave this service because blessing don't look like everything's all good and everything's all rosy. Come on. Yeah. If if when we got saved, everything went good, and we never had any problems in life, this church would not hold people. Yeah. Amen? Right. 
Our churches all around, Lakeview Baptist, Pepsiba, all of our churches right around, Kathy Junction, all these churches bring up. They wouldn't hold the people if I got saved and everything went good and I always had plenty of money, my children's healthy, and I got the job. Yo, 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 where I'm going? And my relationships are good. Right. But Jesus went on to say, you're going to be persecuted for my name's sake. Yeah. So when you identify with Jesus Christ, to be blessed looks different than what people look at as being blessed. Let's move on to uh, verse 5. He said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does meek mean? Anybody know what the word meek means? It means humble to a certain extent. It says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It means to be humble and submissive before God. You know, we deal with this a lot in the church. A lot of people get saved and they commit themselves to Christ, but they don't commit their life to Christ. You're what I'm saying. They commit themselves as a person to understand who God is, but there's no submission to what God wants. Right. Is there submission to what God wants? We, we live in a world today. Come on. How many buys an ugly car? When you go to the car lots, do you look for the ugliest color that you can find? Come on, ladies. I know y'all you know, can help me. Guys, when you go look for a truck, you look for the one that's all beat up and skin up and don't have the right lift kit on it and the right wheels. Come on. We don't buy ugly things because we're called what? Consumers. We are consumers. What do we do? We consume something. You don't believe it? Go with the gloves right here. There's people with the gas pumps right now because our vehicles consume Yes. We consumers, but has it affected the church? We are consumers. We consume things. We stay in this building. Our both of our HVAC units are having to do what right now? Run to give us more cool air so we're not in here sweating. So we're consuming air. We're consuming something. But what's happened in our churches today is we become consumer. Consumers. We consume everything, but because we don't submit to the person of Christ, we find fault with everything. Yeah. Wasn't supposed to preach like this today. Right. We find fault with what's going on. Right. And I'm gonna hit this point and I'm gonna move on to my next point. It ain't about me, Pastor. So I ain't gonna do anything to help it. But I'm sure I'm gonna do something to hinder it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Right. You are not submitting to Christ if you're putting down other people in other churches. Right. Hello. Right. I mourn over the things that God mourns over. I submit myself. I am meek. I want to inherit the earth. He's not talking about a chunk of land. He's talking about you inheriting the goodness of a God that covers you and cleanses you. I told Jordan that she spent what two and a half weeks in the hospital, wasn't it? Before she had Sadie. After she got home. And there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong in those last couple of weeks with all the things that were going on. But when she got out of the hospital and she was healthy and little Sadie was healthy, I said the blessings of the Lord make it rich and they added no sorrow. It pays to live for Jesus Christ. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor, you bragging on God. Yeah, I'm bragging on God because there were a lot of people lifting her and that baby's name and the Lord to the Lord in prayer every day. And God will bless the meek to inherit the earth. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what does that do to my life? It changes the way I look at things. Yeah. 
Like back to the vehicles. And I was looking for a truck. I got a, a 2013 Ford F-150. I wasn't even looking for a Ford, Brian. But when I drove by that day, coming back home from Mobile, I was driving my taco, that Tacoma. But I'm driving that truck and I see this that truck home. And Jennifer says, that's a good looking truck right there. You're stop and look at it. And I got looking at it and all the features it had on it. I knew I pretty much gonna have to have another vehicle. Colin's gonna have to have another vehicle. Next thing I know, I'm buying a truck. But if it had been ugly, I wouldn't have bought it. Hello? See where I'm going? Right. Women, ladies, you're not gonna date no ugly guy, right? Unless he got some money. Right. Yep. I'm gonna move on once we get shown us with trouble right there. But the point I'm trying to make is as the church, it don't always hear in church, here, if you don't hear nothing else, what I'm saying, in a body of believers, that is the church, this is not a building. It is sometimes ugly. Yeah. It is not always popular and many times it's difficult. But if you want to inherit the earth, you need to roll up your sleeves and work in a body of believers. Right. And overbearing people are not meek. Anybody mm. know somebody's overbearing? Yeah. Anybody got that love? Come on. I might as well kick the top off of it. Anybody got somebody you just don't like being around? Yeah. yeah. That guy that just knows, that woman that just knows everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm helping some folks today. Yeah. Overbearing. You know. Overbearing. It's not, it's not, it's the opposite of me. Right. When we're meek, we find our refuge in him. We commit our lives completely to him. When we're meek, we are concerned about God's work and people and what might happen instead of what happened to us personally. Yeah. When I am meek, I am more concerned about my people than I'm concerned about myself. Right. You know, I'm concerned about what's going to happen to people. Anybody ever concerned about your family? It's called being meek. You're submissive. You, you want to help your family. Let's read Psalms 37 11. Psalm 37 11 says, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. There's something that comes, Miss Marianne, when we submit ourselves to the person of God, is this last word right here that everybody on the face of this planet today is looking for, and it's called what? Peace. Yeah. But you only find peace when you submit yourself to the person of Christ. Yeah. Amen. You know, Apostle Paul and many of his constituents that he worked with and preached and planted churches with, they disagreed, did they not? Yeah. The Bible tells us in the church that we sharpen each other like steel on steel. Now, who likes to? We have some country folks here. Guys, if we're going to sharpen a, a chainsaw blade, or an axe, or a machete, or a knife. We don't sharpen that on wood, do we? You know, my dad used to have this long braid of rhyme he called a whip rock. And it was, it was saddled in the middle because he had sharpened it. It stayed in the drawer. You better put that rock, if you sharpen your knife, you better put that rock back where it came from. Because my dad can say the reason he kept it because it was good, he could rub that knife across it on each side four or five times and it would cut you open. It would cut out. Anybody ever done that? You ever see these guys that sharpen a knife and they'll hold a sheet of paper up and they'll just cut it? Yeah. That means it will cut you, right? 
but we don't sharpen it. We don't sharpen an axe, or we don't sharpen a saw blade with wood. We sharpen it because steel sharpens steel. Yeah. And a lot of times we're sharpening each other. Come on, come on, man. When we're irritating each other, we're sharpening each other. But Apostle Paul also said, bear with one another. Bear with one another. So there's something that we have to do called bearing with one another. Now, you may have to separate yourself from it. Come on, somebody say amen. But you still bear with one another. They shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. They will delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I mean, have ever been through some traumatic times in your in your life, but your mind, you still have peace. You can't explain it, but the, somehow, some way, God calms your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. It will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I've had to lean on it a lot here lately. I've had to lean on peace. Okay, God, you know what you're doing. Come hell or high water. Yeah. You're still on your throne. You're faithful and able. You're in control. Yeah. I'm depending on the person of God. I can't see it happening, but I'm depending on the person of God and who he is. All right, verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Everybody, probably, unless you're fasting, are going to go get some lunch today after we get through with church, right? Yeah. But you go get something to eat because you get what? You know, my wife asked me, do you want something to eat? I'm always hungry, as you can tell, looking at me. You know, Colin, when, we were growing, when he was growing up, he could get up and eat a pizza and get up and five minutes later, he'd be in there eating a bottle of cereal. It's a gift. He says it's a gift, right? You know, teenagers. Get some teenagers in your house. They just eat. It's a sport. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a gift. Until you get my age and your metabolism slows and it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem. But we don't eat unless we're, unless we're hungry. You can't get more of God unless you're hungry for it. Yeah. You will not be hungry for more than of God if you don't feed yourself the Word of God, a healthy diet of the Word of God. If you don't meet, go meekly to God and humble yourself before God in prayer, you will not want to read the Word of God. But if you read the word of God and you're part of a fellowship, a fellowship, a body of believers, that will make yourself meek and then you will inherit the earth and then you will start having a hunger and thirst for things that I used to not want. When I first got saved, I'm going to be honest, Brian, there's some things I used to do when I first come to know Jesus that my carnal man still wanted to do. Come on. But the more I relinquished myself meekly to Christ, I began to want the things that Christ wanted for me. When I get more of Jesus, I want more of Jesus. Yeah. And when I get less of Jesus, I want less of Jesus. So what is the importance of being hunger and thirsty? You're hungry, you're thirsty, you want to drink, and you're going to eat. Godly living produces a hunger for more of God. It's that simple. Ungodly living produces a hunger for immorality. And I know you say, well, Pastor, that's not 
popular today. There is still a standard of living for Christ. And we can't do anything, do everything, and say everything if we want to stay in fellowship with Christ. Now listen, there's a difference between being in fellowship with Christ and being backslidden. Come on. There's a difference. But in order to, to have the blessings of God, he said the meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who mourn. They're going to be comforted. I want to be, I want to inherit something. I want to have an inheritance. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Seek ye first. What? First. What is first? The kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? The things that God wants for us. The things the word of God tells us is, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of of heaven. Such a hunger for God is seen in Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 through 21. Do we have that for you? 30, Exodus 33, verses 18 through 21. It says, Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. This is Moses talking to God. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy on, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And it goes on to say that the Lord walked before him and he saw the backside of God. And there was a significant change to Moses' countenance after God showed him his backside. But there had to be a hunger there. First thing there was from Moses was what? A request to see who? God. Show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. There's a hunger there. There's a hunger to see more of God. And everybody knows the life of Moses. But did Moses have some colossal errors in his life? Yeah. Matter of fact, Moses didn't get to go into the promised land because of one thing called disobedience. God told him, speak to the rock, and Moses took his staff and he smacked it. He struck it. God still gave water, right? The children of Israel still had the sustaining water of God to help them, but Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land. Joshua his successor was able to go into the promised land because Moses walked in disobedience. And we know all the accolades that Moses had with his life. It didn't mean that God didn't love Moses anymore. It meant that oh, disobedience cost Moses something. As God allows Moses to see his back, Moses is transformed by the glory of God. He didn't see God's face. He saw his back. God loved Moses so much because there was a hunger and thirst for Moses to see God, which is awesome. Psalm 42, verses 2 and 6. Psalm 42, verses 2 and 6. It says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go 
with a multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with the shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Where are you? Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, and from the Mount Mazar. So what is David saying here? He's reminding himself of who God is. He's reminding himself of who God is. There's times in our lives that we're going to have to remind ourselves of who God is. Because remember, we're insufficient, right? Yeah. How many heard that song, uh, Maverick City's Worship Team is out, very popular now. They sing a song called Jaira. Anybody heard that one? Yeah. Hear it on the radio all the time? which means you are enough. God is enough. Jaira, you are enough. So in our frailty, and in our weaknesses, and in our failures, yes, we all fail. Don't think it's just you. God is still enough. He is still our sustaining help. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3 and 10, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. So there was a fellowship between God and Paul, right? Remember, anybody remember what Paul prayed? You might remember Paul praying to God and asking to remove the thorn from the flesh from him. Yeah. And he prayed and prayed, and God, God says, No, I'm not going to remove it. My grace is sufficient. Yeah. I've heard, Brian, when I was in Bible school, I heard bishops talking about this. What was the thorn in the flesh? Don't really give us a clear identity. It could have been something physical, it could have been something. Paul called it a messenger of Satan. That's what he called it. But I think, personally, that it was something that attacked him. But it personally kept Paul from being a little arrogant. Paul could be arrogant at times. Yeah. You talking about the Apostle Paul? Pastor yeah. Rick? Yeah, he was tapping arrogant at times. Matter of fact, some of the apostles separated themselves from each other because Brian they didn't get along that much. Yeah. But Paul also said in one place, it doesn't matter. If Apollos are preaching it, or we preaching it, as long as the gospel goes forward. Yeah. And I'm saying something to somebody today. You're not always going to agree with everybody. But Jesus calls us to love everybody. Right. And I don't mean you sit down and have a coffee with in them every day. But I'm going to tell you what, what's happening to our families and our homes is something called unforgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And when we don't forgive people, now listen, forgiveness is a spiritual thing. And I'm closing. I know y'all Y'all thankful, but I'm closing right here. First closing for the day. Forgiveness is a spiritual thing. How many ever tried to have to have to forgive somebody? Yeah. Is it easy? No. You can't, let me say this. It is not humanly possible to forgive somebody outside of the providence of God. Right. Somebody hurts you, you're gonna have to forgive. My mama used to say this all the time, Rich. 
When you hold on, I had somebody that hurt me bad in teenage, as a teenager in church, and my mom come up to me one day, and I was real bitter about it. I kept telling her, I forgive them and all that. And I was talking to my mom, and she says, you know what you're doing, Bink? She, that was my nickname. A lot of people don't know that. B-I-N-K. But she said, you know what you're doing, Bink? You're allowing them to live rent-free in your head, and they're moving on with their life, and you're still miserable. So hear what I'm saying today. If I want to inherit the blessing, if I want to be blessed by God, I let it go and I let God do it. Come on. We've heard this in the Pentecostal ranks for years. Let go, bless God, and let God. But I'm going to tell you what has to happen. We've got to have some meekness. We've got to mourn over some stuff. You know, I don't believe when things happen to us that I need to come in here every Sunday and have another funeral. Come on. I believe I need to move on. I've had to be reminded of that this week. Not time to come in here and have another funeral. What it's time to do is trust in the sovereignty of God. And remind ourselves of who God is. And remind ourselves that when I can't do it, there's a God that will help me do it. Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Paul suffered because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, in the fellowship of sharing his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. Was he not? That was prophetic right there. He was martyred too, wasn't he? Bible says, the theologians tell us that it's been told that the apostle Paul, Brian, literally sprinted to his martyrdom. He ran to his death. Because he understood this, Jordan, he understands that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. So the quicker I can get to that death, the quicker I'm going to receive my reward. And hear me today, church, when we start having a heavenly perspective on a temporal situation that we're in, we're going to love the things that God loves. Right. Now that's preaching right there. Quit, quit building everything like we're staying when we're building to be leaving. Yeah. We're building to be leaving. I don't mean you, you know, I had somebody ask me this question a while back. If the coming of the Lord is right at the door, then I need to stop having kids and building a home and all these things. No, you need to keep doing on, right on doing what you do. You need to keep on living. But what you need to start doing in your mind is start focusing on leaving. And that I know Jesus I'm in the right standing and I'm where I need to be with Jesus and I'm following his word. I don't stop living. Because right. scripture tells us in the last days it will be like it is in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. Did people quit living and get up on the boat? No. They kept what? They were still having children. They still had their lives. They're still going until the doors of the, of the ark were closed. They kept living, right? Yeah. And the Bible says in the last days, that's what's going to be. People are going to be giving marriage, having babies, moving on. Keep doing what you're doing, but keep it all in perspective. Keep living for Jesus. And this one right here. Verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Or be shown. King James says obtain, and the NIV says they will be shown mercy. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. When we show mercy, we get mercy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And some points in our lives, we're going to need the mercy of others. Yeah. Some parts in our lives, I can raise two hands on this one. We're going to need the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, scriptures tells us that he makes his mercies new every morning. Yeah. I can't just go fill the tank up one time. I've got to keep moving because I'm going to need to fill the tank up again. Yeah. Keep moving. Keep pressing forward. Keep giving mercy. You know what mercy means? To give somebody something they don't deserve. They don't deserve it, but I got to get it. You may have to separate yourself from it, but I got to get it. I'm going to say this in closing, because I had to learn this as a young Christian. Somebody hurts you, and you can't deal with it, you separate yourself from it, but you let it go. Yeah. That person that hurt me hurt me bad. It was deep. It was a deep wound. But when I let it go, something happened in me. I didn't think about it all the time. I didn't focus on it all the time. I was able to move forward. Anybody ever been in a place in your life you feel like there's a wall there you just can't get past? You get that wall. You get that wall. You get that wall. It's sometimes it's there again can be a spiritual thing. Just keep hitting. Keep hitting. Keep asking God, why is this here? A lot of times when I get mercy, I wall and fall. I wall and fall. God will help me. Mercy. He makes his mercy new every day. If he's making it new for me every day, I should be making it new for others every day. If I am a Christian, Christian means follower of Christ. Christian, I look like Christ. I'm not sitting here judging you today. I'm not saying what I am saying as Christians, we look like Christ. We are followers of Christ. You are going to be persecuted. I didn't get through half of my scripture today. I, I got something to preach next Sunday. I know y'all excited about it. I look like Christ. But every part of obedience, every way that I obey Julie God, he will be there step by step with me to help me make the next step. Mm -hmm. I don't know about y'all, there's been some gut-wrenching times in my life that I've gone through. Yeah. And Amanda, some days I've got up and I didn't think I could make another step. Mm -hmm. But every time I would make a little step and do everything I can just to make the next step, you know what I can feel? The peace of God walking with me. Yeah. He will give you a peace that passes all understanding. We've been here seven years now in this church. Seven years. There's been some hell and high water. Hasn't yeah. there not? There's been some tough times. But he's still on his throne. We're still here. Come on. Jesus is still faithful. There's been some mercy given every morning. And when I give it, he gives me more. David said it like this. Every head bowed and every eye closed. David said it like this. He said, with joy, draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, draw water. The joy that God gives 
is not affiliated with what we're starting, what we're going through. The joy that God gives is not sequential about what's going through. In other words, if I'm going through something, the joy of the Lord's still there in my spirit. Because we are spirit and the Bible says those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth of the word says that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I'm going through tough situations. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. You may be going through tough situations where you don't know your next move. You don't know how things are going to move. You don't know how you're going to make it. I can tell you, you remind yourself of what the word of God says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because the truth of the word of God is, is that he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He will go with us always, even until the ends of the earth. I don't set my sights on what I can do. I focus my sights and my spirit on the word, what the word says, what the word says. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray those that come in this room today, heavy and hurting. Many of us have been through just tough battles this week, heavy and hurting. I pray that you would give peace. I pray that in the stillness of this moment, Lord, that you would allow us to see what meekness looks like. And that you would allow us to see what forgiveness looks like. And you would allow us to see maybe a little bit of what Moses said when you walked by him, the glory of God. And that you would give us peace. And that we realize that we have an inheritance in you, Lord. Our inheritance is that of peace. Our inheritance is that of a calm mind. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God, I ask you to calm your people. I ask you to strengthen your people. I ask you to help us to focus on you. May we understand what being blessed truly is all about. It's knowing you and the person of Jesus Christ and the fullness of the Godhead together. That is more blessed to give than to receive. But sometimes we have to walk away. Sometimes we have to separate but that doesn't change the love that you have for us. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. Now I ask you to bless your people. I ask you to go with them. I ask you to keep them. I ask you to protect us, God. We know what we're dealing with in our nation. It's COVID and everything else that's going around, God. We know what we're dealing with. And there's a lot of uncertainties every day. But I ask you to cover your people. To protect your people. You would keep us. That you wrap your loving hands of mercy and grace upon us. To keep us as we go through this work week this week. And as the kids go back, the students go back to school, the kids go back to school. That you would keep your hand on your family and your people today. We pray for all of our schools in this area. For all of our teachers and our support staff. We ask you to bless them, God. We ask you to strengthen them and to help them and encourage them. We ask that your hand be upon us. That you strengthen us and you help us, God. And we walk day by day trusting you, Lord. We love you. Protect our children, God. Protect our homes. Protect our families. 
Lord, we love you. God, help us to allow this word to sink into our spirits today. They would be changed forever by it. And we pray, God, and we know that your word will not return void. We love you. We honor you. I ask you to bless your people and strengthen them to keep them. In Christ's name we ask you. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this morning's message. If you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the Restoration fam, check us out at restorationmacala.com. For more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.